Welcome to the Nashville Women's Health Podcast. This podcast was created as a way to provide education and connection to the women of Middle Tennessee. My goal is to connect you with local women's health and fitness providers so you know what services are available in your area. I am your host, Amy Bailey. I'm a local women's health physical therapist, yoga instructor, and life coach. Thank you for joining the podcast and being a part of this amazing community. Hey guys, welcome to another edition of the Nashville Women's Health Podcast. It's me, your host, Amy Bailey, and I've got Emily Sullivan with me. Welcome, Emily. Hi, thanks. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for joining us. Um, Listeners, I just wanted y'all to know we're kind of going off script today and just talking with you guys. You know, we've got this uh, pandemic going on and, you know, we want to keep it relative and real and just talk about some of the issues that we're all struggling with and what we're going through, but hopefully keep it positive too, but also address kind of the elephant in the room. So Emily, first, just kind of give everybody your background. Let everybody know who who they're listening to. Okay. Thank you. Um, I am a licensed um, psychotherapist. I have a master's degree in marriage and family therapy, and I'm also a certified personal trainer, certified fitness nutrition coach, and certified um, weight loss coach. So prior to um, launching my therapy career, I was in the fitness world quite a bit. So I, my specialization is working with women around um, really all, all the issues, you know, middle-aged, middle-class women have, such as, um, you know, emotional struggles and also their physical struggles, even like chronic pain or weight loss. We address the mental side of that um, and relationships as um, I have a lot of training with working with couples and I don't work with couples currently, but I work with women who are part of a couple or an extended family relationship that might be, uh, there might be tension or um, frustration. And so um, I help address the relationship issues also. Mm-hmm, which is huge. Especially yeah. Right now. Super oh, huge. Home, oh, right? yes. A lot of, I, I've been seeing clients, um, you know, with telehealth online and it's funny, levels of anxiety are really high from what I'm seeing. And also just frustration with family members and it's bringing up a lot of stuff that normally we get to avoid right. when we are in our busy lives. Yeah. Right. We're paying attention a lot more to what goes on at home or how <laughs> relationships look at home. Yes. Yeah. So before this, did you have an aspect of your business that was telehealth or is this brand new for you? I did. Uh-huh. I had an aspect that was telehealth. Um, within the state of Tennessee, I'm licensed in, to, um, to provide therapy services. Um, and I also do across the country um, coaching services um, okay. via video. Mm-hmm. That's great. I think that people yeah. that are pretty set up to do this, it's been a smoother transition. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's great that you started out in personal training and the whole fitness side before you went into the emotional and mental side of health. Mm -hmm. And that just takes everything full circle. Was there something that kind of drove you that direction? Yeah, there was. I, um, I wanted to, to go into mental health, um, ever since I was uh, in high school, basically. Um, and, and I felt like that was the direction I wanted to go. And then my life took a detour um, while I had some babies and <laughs> did kind of the, the raising young children phase. And that's where I got into fitness. And all the while, you know, knowing that I probably would circle back to mental health. And so when I was in fitness, 
I would frequently get frustrated with kind of the fitness, the model or the popular culture, you know, knowledge about fitness, which is a lot of like exterior, exterior, um, no, extrinsically imposed rules and shoulds. And, you know, like just, just do this workout plan or eat in this way and you'll be fine. And I would work with clients who struggled like, well, that's great, but like, how do I stay motivated or how do I um, not beat myself up when I don't follow that? And so even as a personal trainer, I did, I would do some research on the side to help address the mental side of getting fit. Um, And so then it was a natural fit when I became a therapist to keep, I, I don't do, you know, any personal training currently, but just to keep, um, that integration of mental and physical wellness. Yeah. I mean, you have to address the mindset mm-hmm. for me as a physical therapist, even I have to address it or they're not going to reach their goals. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. the smart for people to get to is the mindset. Yeah. Well, and then also I, I have come to see it now as some of our physical challenges. Um, let's take weight, um, struggling to, to get to a healthy weight. I think our physical challenges a lot of times, maybe even most times, are symptoms of underlying um, emotional challenges. You know, we have relationship stress or we we um, beat ourselves up a lot. We have a lot of negative self-talk. Um, we struggle with a depression or anxiety situation. So I think, you know, and, and our popular culture gives us a lot of information about, well, just um, do this diet and you'll feel better. When really, I think the the weight is a symptom of the more underlying emotional challenges that need to be addressed. Yeah, definitely. Somebody mm-hmm. told me once, and I brought this up on the podcast before, but you need to ask somebody their why five mm-hmm. times, and I've heard it even seven times. You know, okay. wait, and then you're like, well, why? And then they may give another reason. But if you keep digging, you'll get to the real heart of the issue, which is usually not weight or whatever the problem is. Yes. Yes. So it's something like, so I can be happy, so I can be with my, my kids more, be yeah. more present and fun loving. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Getting to the, I like that um, idea of digging really deep to find your way. Yes. Yeah. So given our current circumstances with COVID-19, do you mm-hmm. feel like you're getting a lot of newer calls from people, new clients? What are the subjects that are being brought up to you? Mm-hmm. Yes. New, new calls, new clients. Um, I personally have dropped, cut my rates in half for yeah. the time being. I just felt like uh, this is a time when people really need mental health support and I wanted to be able to um, do my part to contribute and, and facilitate that. So my rates are cut in half for at least the next month, you know, and I'll reevaluate in May. Um, and so, yes, I'm getting new clients and the themes that I'm seeing are largely anxiety and relationships. Yeah. Um, my clients are saying my anxiety is a 10. Um, and so we're, we're working through that. And then, like I mentioned before, relationships, you know, now that we're with each other a lot, uh, a lot of us, you know, with families, um, how do we manage our own like space and getting our needs met? And when we get triggered, you know, how do we not go back into old patterns that are unhelpful and create disconnection? Um, so those are the top two things that I am working with that I'm seeing right now. Yeah. 
You know, and I think before, if we were having a problem with our partner, we might say, hey, grab a girlfriend and go grab a drink or dinner. And that's not yes. an option for us now. Mm -hmm. Or go to the gym. Not an option yes. either. Yes. There is, though, a, an, an element of thinking outside the box that this crisis could um, kind of force us into a different way of thinking if we let it, um, such as, okay, so I can't go drinking with my girlfriends or whatever to get a break. And uh, especially women, I think we have a hard time um, even considering that things around that I can take a break in my own home. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, even if we have a career outside the home, the home tends to also be kind of our workspace. And so when we're in the home, we tend to be scanning our environment and looking for things that need to be done, <laughs> you know, like constantly like, Oh, that needs to be put away. That needs to be picked up. And so we're con we're constantly on and we're, um, there's that, I like to think of it just, um, just this constant scanner, you know, part of, part of our eye is always like, what needs, what needs fixed. Um, so this can be a great opportunity for those of us who are normally like that to really connect with what we, really need which is likely more breaks more self-care and advocate for that because mm -hmm. that can be hard we we tend to think well when I'm home I'm on all the time that's just what I do and when we find ourselves getting more irritable then we'd like to be um, exhausted you know frustrated that's a good sign that we need to take some extra self-care um, and and so and like I said, that would require us to maybe get outside the box of, um, you know, our partner um, telling us to go, you know, take a break and actually advocating for that for ourselves. And that's really hard. Yeah, it's surprisingly hard. Take everything on, especially when we're, like you said, in our own home. You mm -hmm. know, we manage the meals, the laundry, the kids, the everything, including our own work. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes, I think of, um, a, a, so our emotions are, um, they're like flags, they're signals. Um, and it's helpful to notice them, but not get like sucked into them, hmm. you know, not ride the roller coaster, or whatever emotions are going to be there. So when we get that first impulse of, oh, I'm getting really frustrated, um, rather than riding that frustration out and playing it out, noticing that as a signal that, yeah, maybe I need something right now. It might be a break. It might need me, uh, this frustration might need me to stand up for myself and ask for a need to be met, you know, ask for help or a break. Um, but this, you know, this could be a time where, you know, we're going to get triggered in various ways. And rather than letting those triggers run the show, noticing them and being more curious about, well, what does this feeling need from me? What is it or what does it need me to do differently? Yeah, just being more self-aware. Yeah, mm -hmm. self-aware, um, mindful. Mm -hmm. um, again, noticing a feeling, especially a strong negative one, as a sign that, that we need something. Um, and usually it's not, usually what the feeling impels us to do is not the helpful thing to do in that situation. Mm. So for if it's a strong negative feeling. So for example, if I'm feeling frustrated and, you know, the frustration is impelling me to yell at my kids and get them to clean up, you know, the kitchen. Yes. <laughs> That's a totally hypothetical, by the way. <laughs> I really don't, don't have any experience with that. 
but um, <laughs> just daily. Um, just saying, you know, I've heard that happens to some people. Um, so anyway, rather than letting the frustration take us on a roller coaster ride and it be the boss of us, you know, we notice, okay, there's frustration here. I'm the boss of my emotions, mm-hmm. but this frustration needs me to do something. So, you know, then maybe I can, in a more kind way, ask for some help and support so I don't feel frustrated. Yeah. So important. So relative right now. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Really is. Yes, it really is. So you have children at home too right now. I I do. Are you trying to do school, do mom, do work, all of the things? Um, You know, I am... What I'm trying to do the most, to be honest, is go with the flow. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I've made myself deeply unhappy in years past by trying to have rigid schedules and control these three independent people right. <laughs> who have their own willpower. And I've learned, you know, through a lot of trial and error that um, I am a lot happier when I go with the flow. Um, you know, I have goals and expectations, but I hold them very loosely. Mm-hmm. Um, my schoolwork, you know, is a non-negotiable that has to get done, but the way, the manner, you know, that it gets done, I, I'm really working on going with the flow of, well, what do my kids, you know, how do they want to have their school go today? For example, um, instead of I'm the authoritarian parent and then I'm pissed and bitchy and then they're, you know, really defensive and grumpy with me. So. Um, so for me, that, that helps me stay happy and peaceful, um, during this time where it's, um, there is a lot more going on. I'm juggling a lot more with kids at home. Yeah. I think we've all been thrown into new roles and being one of them. Mm -hmm. And when you have multiple children with multiple learning styles, personality schedules, Mm -hmm. it can be a real challenge. Yes. Yes, it can. Uh, again, that's where it really, for me, it goes to that basic idea of, of noticing the feelings when they come up mm-hmm. and, um, you know, then choosing how to respond. Um, because there are lots of times when frustration comes up, um, overwhelm. Mm-hmm. And so then, like you said, we're changing roles. So our old ways of doing things aren't going to work. Yeah. Um, or we can try to make them work, but we're all probably going to end up really frustrated and mad at each other. So this is a great chance for us to learn new ways of, of doing things. So I want to ask you something, and this is completely a surprise. We did not talk about this beforehand. Okay. <laughs> sure. Opinion on this. Um, how do we deal with our own stress, anxiety, fears about COVID-19 in front of our children? Because I had a friend contact me and she was like, I cried in front of my children. And she felt awful about it. I've never cried Mm -hmm. in front of my children. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's normal. You know, like, I mean, we Mm -hmm. probably are going to cry in front of our children at some point. What is your response to Mm -hmm. this? Okay. I love that question. And it's so relevant to now. Um, So when we have our own emotional responses about COVID-19, it it is – it is actually really helpful for kids to see us being emotional beings. Um, but also to see us being in charge of our emotions, like I was saying. So let me back up and just give you this analogy. Um, 
there is, I think this is kind of like a Buddhist analogy of the horse rider and the horse. So if we think about our emotions like a horse um, it, with a lot of fleeting and wild impulses, as the horse rider, we can kind of rein that in and we can steer the horse the way that we want it to go. But if we, so meaning we can, we can use our emotions as vehicles, but, but we're ultimately in charge. So the emotions help us get what we need in life. You know, when we feel afraid, we may need to remove ourselves from a situation or stand up for ourselves, but they're, but not letting them be the boss of us, not letting them be in charge. That would be as crazy as getting on a horse and being like, just go over wherever the heck you want, buddy. Like I'm good. You know, um, that's like when we are, um, when we are letting our emotions overtake us. So, but it is really important for our kids also to be able to see us being emotional beings and seeing how we can cope with it in healthy ways. Mm -hmm. So I would say to, to your friend who cried in front of her kids, yay, they need that. They're, what you are feeling, I guarantee they're feeling also on yeah. some level. And so to see their mom cry, but then to see her say, I'm sad, but it's okay. Right now, everything is okay. I'm okay. It's okay to be sad. That's probably the best message to send our kids is it's okay to feel whatever you're feeling and let it be there. And if you've got to cry, you cry. And then, um, um, that helps them know that feelings are safe. And, and, you know, I think we, we worry that maybe we're going to be perceived as weak or maybe they'll, mm -hmm. or unstable, but truly it's, they will gain a much stronger sense of security from us if they see us having emotions and then also owning them and saying, it's okay to have emotions. Like that shows that we're in control of the emotions. Yeah. We're letting them be there and have expression, but ultimately, um, we allowed it. <laughs> yeah. So I love that. And I love the analogy. Mm -hmm. It just makes sense. Yeah. Way. Yeah. Uh, giving a picture to it. Definitely. Mm -hmm. helps me even think about it. Oh, good. Yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, the other thing I wanted to bring up to address, like how do we deal with our anxieties and fears? So we talked about what that might look like in the context of our children. And when we're getting stressed or worried, um, how do we emote, you know, when our children are around now, then the other piece is just dealing with our own anxieties, you know, throughout the rest of the day when we're not around our kids. Mm -hmm. And so I'll give another analogy. I like analogies that yes. helps me think in kind of metaphors. So this is the analogy of the teeter totter. So, um, when we are in a state of like well-being peace that is like the teeter-totter being balanced in the middle mm -hmm. um and i think if we think about it we can all relate to a time when yeah things just felt like peaceful and it wasn't that we had achieved something or bought something it was just like i feel i'm good like things are good so that's kind of the sense that we want to keep trying to return to with that teeter-totter being in balance. Now, when stressors come in our life, it's like a lot of weight being put on one side. And so in order to get back in balance, we're going to have to double down on self-care. So the, the two ends of the, of the teeter-totter are stress or stressors, conflict, um, you know, those kind of things. And then the other side being um, 
the other side being self-care. So the, the greater our stress, you know, it's hard, but it's not a problem, but you know, we just need to double down on self-care so that we can be back in balance and not let the stress, the frustration, the overwhelm, you know, be the boss of us. Yeah. I love that. Double down on self-care. That's so important. Mm -hmm. What about people who don't even know how to give themselves that self-care? People who just Mm -hmm. give of themselves and don't ever pour back into themselves. Mm -hmm. Yes. So many of us have that to some degree. And there is a lot I could say about that. Um, Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll go with another analogy. (laughs) Okay. I know. Uh, Yeah. I'm glad you're enjoying it. Okay. So this next one. um, So that's kind of the, the people pleaser. I do everything for everyone else. That's how I get my sense of meaning um, and fulfillment. And ultimately that leaves us depleted and resentful. And when we're resentful, you know, that's usually an indicator that we have neglected ourselves. We haven't stood up for our needs. Um, and we were in resentment. We're blaming the other person or the situation, but truly it was our, it was on us that we didn't stand up for ourselves. So the analogy is, um, of yards, like a house with a yard. And you think of like a cute, um, cute little backyard with a white picket fence. Your, our well-being can be, um, you know, ascribed to, or it can be described by um, keeping our yard really nice. Mm -hmm. And we have little, these little fences and we can decide what comes in and out of our yard. And we can visit other people's yards, you know, by helping them. Maybe we're going to go weed, you know, or water their flowers. But the more that we do that, the more we're we're neglecting our yard. Mm -hmm. And our yard is having weeds that grow up and, you know, um, we're not planting the beautiful flowers that we had wanted to plant. Um, so when we overfunction for other people, well, one, they sit back on their little lawn chair and sip their lemonade and they're not doing Jack in their own yard. And so we are actually doing them a disservice when we're overfunctioning for them and we're all up in our, in their yard, you know, like think about, would you go down the street to your neighbor and be like, Hey, Oh, can I, uh, weed your yard for you? And, and they're all, that's kind of weird, but you know, like th- we, we, that seems ludicrous when it, when we think about it in terms of yards, but yet we do that a lot in terms of um, trying to manage other people's emotions or, you know, take care of other people. Mm-hmm. And we call it service and we call it charitable. Um, but if our yards are being depleted, then um, we are, it, it, it comes from from a place of um, anxiety and control rather than from a place of love. Wow. Yeah. And then we get mad because that neighbor is just sitting there drinking their lemonade and we're just yes. double time, triple time. Yes. But truly, again, it's on us that yeah. mad that is an mm-hmm. emotional signal that girl, I did not take good enough care of my yard. I got to go back <laughs> in that thing and <laughs> stop trying to take care of other people's yards. Yeah. Yes. So I hope this is an opportunity for more people to realize that they need to take care of their own yard and yeah, even figure it out. What is self-care to each person? Yes. I think, I think in order to, to kind of tune into that inner voice of like, what, what do I even need right now? We got to notice the inner critic 
which is saying you should be doing this. You're so lazy. You're not doing enough of this. That's the, our inner bully. And it's helpful to notice that inner critic voice and, and then, um, you know, basically say, okay, that's there, but I'm not going li- to listen to that voice. I want to try to tune into what, what does, what do I really need in this moment? And that looks like, again, radical self-compassion or doubling down on self-compassion looks like I'm going to take some naps or I'm going to kind of lay around a little bit and, you know, almost like rebelling or standing up to that inner critic that keeps being a bully and telling us like, you should be doing more. You're not productive enough. Mm -hmm. Um, I promise your closets will get cleaned. I can't tell you how many girlfriends I have who are like on this cleaning rampage of their homes. Um, we've got plenty of time, like settle down. We're going to get to all the closets. I guarantee. (laughs) So in the meantime, how about we, we do bubble baths and, um, connect with, you know, sit down and watch the TV show that our kids like to watch. Um, you know, things like that. Yeah. Meditate. I love that. I think when this, I've seen a change from when, you know, two weeks ago we started social distancing and I saw Mm -hmm. somebody I know do an online exercise video. I'm like, these people came out of the woodwork with their online exercise videos. Right. Everybody was just hitting it so hard. There were too many lives in a day. I just couldn't even keep up on Instagram. Oh, I know. (laughs) But I've seen sort of shift and people are calming down from that. I feel like they had to grab things quickly and, get online, I guess. And I'm equating that exercise video maybe with the cleaning of the closet, you know, mm-hmm. everybody felt like they had to do everything quickly. Right. And now we're yeah. almost two weeks in, I guess. I mean, it's kind of random how it's trickled down our social distancing, but now I feel like everybody's pretty much in the house and I'm seeing, I think some calming of that. Yeah, I agree. And, um, it, it's, uh, it's, I'm really actually, I'm, I'm, grief stricken by the tragedies and the lives that are being lost. And I'm also seeing this as an opportunity for us to really reset in a massive way. Mm-hmm. You know, we have like seasons in nature, you know, fall, winter, spring, summer, and in our human lives, we ignore our internal signals. You know, it gets dark earlier in the winter and we're still plugging along at work and been hitting the gym, you know, we, we don't let ourselves kind of relax and rejuvenate. Mm-hmm. So this is, could be a time for us to really rejuvenate in ways that we've never let ourselves before. Kind of like, um, you know, thinking of this as a season, it'll pass. And um, what if we treated it like the greatest opportunity to connect with loved ones and to connect with ourselves? I love that. Yeah. I think that's what we need to do. We, I think we all were going too hard mm-hmm. and needed somewhat of a break. And this is an awful break. Like you said, it's devastating to see people sick mm-hmm. and to fear what could be to come. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on paying attention to the news versus not paying attention to the news? Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, good question. So um, I think, again, noticing the emotions. Okay. What emotions is it bringing up in you? And are you watching the news uh, or paying attention to the news as like an emotional response? In other words, is that horse driving you? You just, it's almost like addicting. You can't get enough. It's like so awful, but you can't stop. (laughs) Um, and, And if it's coming from that place of, 
you're being very reactive to your emotions and letting them drive you, then it's probably not helpful. And um, to the extent that we can keep abreast with the news while um, being grounded in like our, our more peaceful selves, you know, I think that that seems fine. But um, yes, it definitely can be something that jeopardizes our mental health. Here, another thought about the news is that, oh my goodness, like there's so many ups and downs and it's a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, do we like the effect that that's having on us when day to day, hour to hour, you know, there's a lot of roller coaster emotions that we're getting carried along with, you know? Yeah. So. Exhausting. Yeah, it's exhausting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do yeah. you watch the news? Are you? Um, I do, and I mm-hmm. go to different news sources because I don't want to be jaded by just one opinion. Mm-hmm. So I do. I check in because I'm curious, and I want to see. Mm-hmm. And even though I'm realistic in the fact that whatever numbers I'm seeing are not accurate, I just mm-hmm. don't know what's going on in our world. I feel very isolated. Um, I'm normally mm-hmm. out there in the community and now I'm not. So I don't, maybe it feels like connection to me in a weird way, mm-hmm. but I try yeah. to have perspective also. I try not to let it emotionally trigger me. Mm-hmm. I think the most triggering thing for me has been going to the grocery store. It's not even, oh, okay. just seeing it, which is better. But at first it was seeing the empty shelves. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, and in the beginning, I didn't take this very seriously. I'm just very honest. You know, I, I had no idea it was going to escalate like this. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, you just imagine everybody like hoarding and, you know, 95 rolls of toilet paper. And I was just thinking, well, I don't need 95 rolls of toilet paper, but mm-hmm. I couldn't get toilet paper anyway if I wanted, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, but I kept thinking, why are these people doing that? You know, it just, it kind of, it was wrapping my mind around um, the scarcity mindset when I wasn't mm-hmm. there, you know, and just, yeah. Yes. Do you, uh, do you still feel like you get triggered when you go to the grocery? I haven't been in probably a good week. Um, uh, but the okay. last time I went, there was more food on the shelves and that helped. Okay. Yeah. So I went to a different grocery store in a smaller town next to ours. So maybe mm-hmm. I kept thinking, well, maybe it's different here. I don't know. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I do think I would get triggered again. Even if I didn't want to, I think if I went back say today and the shelves were empty, it would kind of bring up some emotion for me though. Mm-hmm. Like a fear, you yeah. know, would that be it? Yeah. I, I, I do want to share like um, an actual practical tool. Cause we've, we've talked a lot about like concepts, yes. big picture stuff. And I do have a tool that I think can be helpful for in the moment, you know, helping ease anxiety or worry. Okay. Um, would now be an okay time to share that? Please. Okay. Okay. So um, this is a, a tool that comes from mindfulness. And I learned this from um, a psychologist named Tara Brock. She has a lot of online resources and books. So if, if this resonates with you, you can learn more by checking out Tara Brock. Um, she also has a podcast, I believe. Um, but the this tool is called RAIN, and RAIN is an acronym, um, R-A-I-N, that stands for Recognize, Allow, Investigate, and Nurture. And so when we are feeling strong emotions, let's say just kind of that oh, gut punch when we go to the grocery and we're like, there's just so much lack and 
that just brings up something in me. Um, that could be a time. I mean, this can take anywhere from 30 seconds to you could sit, you know, with your feelings using this um, template for, you know, 10 minutes or in, in a meditative state. Um, so we would first recognize, oh, there's something here. Uh, like there is some emotional resonance going on. You know, there's some charge, there's emotional charge. I, you know, that's the first kind of hit, like, yeah, something's here. Um, the A stands for allow. And that one, that part is sometimes hard for people. Can I just allow this feeling to be here for a minute? Can I just let it be here instead of, oh, I shouldn't feel afraid. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. No, can we just allow that scared feeling for a minute? Um, the I investigate, the investigation is zooming in to your physical body because the way to heal emotions is, um, there's a physical element like to healing our emotions. Mm -hmm. So the eyes investigate and that looks like, where do I feel this in my body? Where is this anxiety showing up? And if the listeners don't have, don't have a clue what I'm talking about. Um, this is a great opportunity for you to learn that your emotions are um, deeply connected with your physical state. Mm -hmm. And so the investigation is zooming into how does this anxiety show up in my body? You know, I have tightness in my chest. I have, you know, kind of butterflies in my stomach or um, my head starting to hurt. Just being aware of what's going on in the body. Um, all of these things really do they bring the mind into the present moment because anxiety is all about the future we're worried about the future and so all of these things bring the body or bring the awareness to the present which helps to diffuse and deflate the anxiety so we have r recognize a allow i investigate in the physical body and then n is nurture and that is a really really helpful um, component of this exercise where we can just send ourselves some love and, and not, um, might, that might sound a little out there. We're not used to like expressing love to ourselves or compassion, but what that might look like in that grocery store, um, example is, Ooh, I'm feeling this anxiety. I'll let it be here for a second. Oh yeah. My stomach is just doing these flip-flops and I'm going to tell myself, it's okay. It's okay that this is here. I'm here with you. We'll be okay. We can even say, you know, I'm okay. I love you to ourselves. You know, we can, um, um, one that I actually use, um, is, um, to, when I'm really charged emotionally, when I want to be with that emotion and, and nurture it, I'll say, it's okay, sweetheart. It's okay. I'm here. I won't leave you. I'm here with you. I'll stay with you until this passes. And um, that felt weird to, when I started doing this practice, but it, the nurturing aspect of, of being mindful can be incredibly powerfully healing, you know, for that intense emotion right then. So that is the, the tool, the rain. Rain. I love that because I think mm -hmm. even for me, like the reaction would be to push it away. That's not what a strong woman mm -hmm. would do. You know, I shouldn't mm -hmm. feel this. Keep charging on instead of slowing mm -hmm. down and going mm -hmm. through the steps. Yes. What we resist persists. Mm. And 
the the paradox is that when we try to push the feeling away it, it get, gets stronger and so by bringing it really close we bring even more awareness to it more attention with compassion um that's what helps it just dissolve it's like poof it, it just melts away um so it, it sounds incredible it's counterintuitive because our brains are wired for fight or flight they're wired to detect threat and to do something about it which is you know in our current um uh society the doing something we can't we don't fight or flight against um the coronavirus right so we worry yeah <laughs> so that's like the that's like the uh the limbic system's response to the stress okay i'm just going to worry 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 and then no i should stop worrying um well what helps calm that limbic system is mindfulness is that mindful awareness bringing that closer look at what the emotion is where is it in the body and offering it just some compassion you know it's okay so um yeah so if if that sounds really odd i think you know it might i would love amy to hear from you if you try this like what what it's like for you um I know for me, when I started this practice, it felt very weird. And now it's so second nature and it's incredibly, uh, just been incredibly healing and growth promoting. I definitely want to try it because I'm the type who I'm a doer. And I think, mm -hmm. you know, if something's going on, I'm just going to try to do something. Yeah. To change it or to go away from it. And yeah. So to, like you said, just live in the present mm -hmm. instead of worrying about the future or just mm -hmm. trying to escape whatever's happening. Yeah. Yeah, and we don't have to be like these zen, you know, <laughs> beings all the time. But but you know, when when those strong emotions hit, um that's a great time to be mindful about them using that rain exercise. Um and the more we practice it, the more we're going to be aware of when the strong emotions hit before they are erupted like a volcano. <laughs> well, we'll notice them more like upstream when they're kind of starting to bubble and form yeah. instead of when they've taken over us. Because mm -hmm. I haven't really thought about it, but I bet each time I went to the grocery store, it probably happened quicker because I yes. haven't dealt with it before. Yeah. Very yeah. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yes. It was building and building and building. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now I'm just yeah. going to send my husband to the grocery store. Just yeah. There you go. That's out an outside the box. <laughs> Right. Uh, way of dealing with it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, yeah. what else? What? I mean, you've got so many good techniques and tricks for us. Anything else mm -hmm. you want to share for all of us kind of going through this weird space right now? Sure. Yeah, I did have one other thought. Um, well, first of all, whatever you're feeling right now and, and in this process is okay. It belongs. It is so understandable that you're feeling whatever you're feeling. Um, and so when we can embrace whatever, however we feel, um, again, that's what helps us work through it and heal from it. Um, the other thought is that kind of along the lines of seasons, you know, our world history, we, we've had so much strife and turmoil. And um, while there might be a lot of grief, you know, individually and collectively, overall, 
um, you know, there will be a summer to this current kind of winter, emotional winter, you know, like, like we'll get to the other side of this and we can get to the other side having maybe been transformed for the better in some ways. And that doesn't look like you got to hustle and like do this beyond the self-improvement kick. It just looks like, can we just accept ourselves more like now in the present moment? Um, that that's kind of the main thing that would be my hope for our community as we face this together. Yeah. I love that season analogy mm -hmm. because it just shows us Thanks. this isn't forever. Yeah. 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 We, you know, if you zoom way out into the span of our lifetime, um, this will be a season and it's an emotional roller coaster, but zoomed out, it's kind of more of a blip. And, and that I do not mean to, I won't, I don't want to minimize at all, you know, right. people's individual grief. Um, but, um, but it will pass. And um, the way that we are kind with ourselves and other people during this time could really help set us up for like, kind of this new beginning afterwards that is brighter than we had before. Yeah. I totally agree with that. I think we'll look at the world much differently. Mm -hmm. and we'll yeah, I think so. So much more appreciative of doing the things yeah. that we took for granted before. Yes. I, I, I wonder how long it'll take us to like get a little bit closer to people in the grocery store when the restrictions that. are loosened, you know, we're going <laughs> to, we're going to like create this sense of like, I got to have this big bubble of protection. I think we <laughs> probably for a while run up to everybody and hug them, but we yeah. more tentative than that. Yeah. It'll be yes. To watch it unfold. So yeah. do you only do one-on-one -on -one sessions or do you do group sessions also? I do have a group health coaching um, okay. group that I do Monday evenings at 6 p.m. And we are um, also Mondays at noon. We are now meeting online um, for that. And that health coaching is for people who um, are who are wanting to get healthier slash lose weight and who are just fed up with the yo-yo diets and mm -hmm. feeling bad about themselves and trying to, you know, punish themselves into changing. And so that's a, it, um, it, we work on inside out health changes. Um, and that's a really fun group. I think the one-on-one -on -one is what people are definitely going to be needing right now. And yes. everyone remember she's offering half off right now, which is huge. Mm -hmm. um, so tell everybody how they get in contact with you. Yeah. Okay. So uh, my web, my business is called, my practice is called Thrive Counseling Solutions. And um, you can find me at my website, thrivecounselingsolutions.com. Uh, my email is thrivecounselingsolutions at gmail.com. And I'm on Instagram at healthgonemental, all one word, healthgonemental, um, because I integrate mental and physical wellness. So... <laughs> I love that. That's where that came from. Um, yeah, so those are ways to get in touch with me. That's awesome. So we actually have a special treat because I'm going to have Emily back on very, very soon. And we're going right. to talk about women's sexuality, which I'm super excited about. 
Me too. I cannot wait. That'll be great. <laughs> I think that, you know, our listeners really need this one. And mm-hmm. now that we're, you know, there's all these jokes that we're going to have these quarantine babies and COVID babies. when we <laughs> Right. <laughs> so just being more in tune with ourselves and mm-hmm. our desires and things that are placed upon us. Like, I think that now would be a great time for women to hear this message. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I I really appreciate the opportunity to share these, these thoughts. Um, It's been great working with clients one-on-one, you know, sharing similar things to what you and I have talked about and kind of helping, you know, them on their journey. But I'm really grateful to have the chance to kind of spread this message further because truly like peace is within our reach. I mean, it's right there inside of us and it's a matter of kind of dropping all the, the heaviness, you know, and, um, so I, I would love for women to be able to feel more of a sense of peace after having listened to this, or at least know that there's tools that they can use, um, to get there. Yeah. If y'all are struggling at all, please reach out to Emily. I mean, this is not easy for anyone. Mm -hmm. We don't know what to do. We've not lived through a pandemic. Our parents have not lived through a pandemic. So I think it's, so important just to have somebody to talk to and share Mm -hmm. what's on our heart and someone who can from an external source give us tools like the rain Mm -hmm. tech so simple Mm -hmm. yeah yeah but I think it's scary for people to reach out to you know Mm -hmm. Um, but I think now more than ever it's needed and the fact that you don't even have to get within six feet of Emily (laughs) yes we can get over the the computer now you know Mm -hmm. so helpful yeah, it really is. When people go to your website, are they able to book sessions right through your website? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. There is a book an appointment or some, some sort of tab yeah. along those lines, scheduling, something like that. Yep. Right. They can just do it right there. So that makes it really easy to reach out, I think. Yeah. Go on her website, check her out, and then go ahead and book. And that, that takes some of the anxiety out of it, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Any last words for our listeners? Um, you know, I, I keep thinking about like this sense of you are enough. There's no more that you need to be doing right now. There's, you don't need to be adding projects. If you, if you truly want to great, but, but you are enough just you, you know, in whatever state that you're in today. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. You're enough. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody you really are. Be kind to yourself right now. Yes. Thank you so much. Yeah. Oh, you're so welcome. It's been really, really lovely talking to you. Yes, you too. All right, guys. I hope everybody has a fantastic week. We look forward to having Emily back to talk about women's sexuality. Again, if you need anything from me, reach out on Instagram at the Pelvic Yogi. I love hearing from y'all and I'm so thankful for everyone who's been tuning in and supporting me on this journey. I hope it's valuable to you during this difficult time and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks.